Hey, welcome to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, what you need to know is this podcast is meant for physical therapists and physical therapist students who are looking to basically grow your foundations, but also do it in concise segments of time so you actually have time to live the rest of your life. So this episode is a little bit different. And the reason why is I've asked Sean Harris to come on board and talk about mentorship. And in a little bit, and you'll know exactly why I've asked him to be on this podcast because he's so well qualified. But there was so much good stuff in this episode that I actually had to split it up into two because it would no longer be PT snacks, it'd be PT buffet. And I still think that all the information we talked about is really important. But this episode is talking more about what is mentorship and how do we find it? What does it look like? Why do we even care about mentorship? So I hope that you enjoy this podcast. Stay tuned for the release of the second part in a couple days. It's going to be amazing and I am so excited for you guys to hear about it. That being said, let's get right to it. Hey everybody, welcome back to PT Snacks Podcast. This is Casey and I have a special guest today, Sean Harris. Yeah, so my name is Sean Harris, um, physical therapist. I went to um, Texas Women's University here in Houston, graduated in 2015. And then I started a residency program at Memorial Harmon um, in here in Houston as well and did the orthopedic residency, graduated from that in 2016. Um, and then I decided to start a PhD program at Texas Women's University. And I also started um, teaching a therapeutic exercise course that same year. And so uh, I've been teaching that for five years now and uh, working for Memorial Hermann full-time in several different roles, most recently, um, partly in the clinic and, and teaching modules in our residency program, and then also and doing some mentoring um, clinically through that, and then also working on our research projects and, and various other projects. And I am um, currently finishing up my dissertation. I'm going <laughs> to say finishing up very loosely, but hopefully we'll be done in another <laughs> semester or so. So that's good. Uh, very promising. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I also have my fellowship in manual therapy uh, from the Academy of Orthopedic Manual uh, Physical Therapists. I finished that up in 2019. And I think that's pretty much everything <laughs> as far as credentials and stuff goes. Um, there might be a few other things here and there. Like, I, I dabble. I dabble in some yeah. things for sure. <laughs> so obviously there's a reason why I asked him to be on the podcast today, um, because our subject today is on mentorship. And Sean was one of my mentors, still is, um, it, when I was going through my orthopedic residency. And I'll still text him questions all the time <laughs> on just like, hey, where do I go from here? Um, so he's definitely someone who practices what he preaches and follows through on like actually setting in the groundwork. So I'm really excited to have him today. Everybody here is lucky to hear from him. Um, I love talking about mentorship. It's like one of my favorite topics. So it's great. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> the best. <laughs> the best. The best. Um, but I guess, you know, first a good place to start would just be defining like, what is mentorship? What does mentorship mean to you? Yeah. I mean, really when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, mentorship is, is, it's just about learning and, and education specifically kind of from, from one person to another. I think the way that I look at things is, you know, with most things, especially professional um, learning, like physical therapy or anything in the healthcare system, you've basically got um, 
you know, kind of like book smarts and you've got street smarts. We've all heard of those. So you've got this technical knowledge and then you've got practical knowledge and the technical knowledge is really what you learn in school. And so that's learning anatomy and the biomechanics and this goes there and all of those things. But the practical knowledge is really, it's doing, it's about doing. And unfortunately, and obviously we have clinical rotations established in PT school for a reason. That's because they know that there is a big portion of practical knowledge that you have to learn by doing. And we have labs and things like that for that. But mentorship is really about integrating the technical knowledge and the practical knowledge and kind of putting them together. Um, and especially with jobs like ours, where there is a very large practical hands-on piece, you need both of those things to kind of come together and to meld together. So if I had to define it, I would say that's probably, you know, the, maybe not the Webster definition, but that's the Sean, uh, Sean version. <laughs> yeah, so it's always longer. If, if I'm saying it, it's longer. So don't ask me to use it in a sentence. Though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I actually like, I really like that definition. It's essentially like merging didactic knowledge with app, like practical application, essentially. Yeah, I like, think, I think it's so tough, right? Like, I mean, practically speaking so much of our job it's all about communication like we always say like when you were applying to residency you probably were really worried about making sure i know all the answers to all the questions and right. i'm sure now you have a different perspective and I, I tell everyone applying for residencies or really anything now is you know i could care less obviously anyone applying is going to be smart like, i could care less if you know all the answers i can teach you the answers you can learn the answers it's really more of like all the kind of intangible skills like can you communicate well do you take feedback well um how are you interacting with patients how are you interacting with colleagues how are you interacting above and below the chain right like mm -hmm. collaboration all of those things these are skills that are really 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 important for our jobs to not only be successful but to have good outcomes i mean how much research is there on patient outcomes relating to whether the therapist <laughs> they like you or not really right, right? like <laughs> Do I like you or not? That's going to be a pretty big predictor of whether I'm going to get better. Yes. So it's just that whole practical part is just so, so important. And, you know, there's just not enough time in school and PT school to, to get exposed to that. So you, you need mentorship, whether, you know, there's lots of different flavors and I'm sure we can talk about <laughs> the different flavors of mentorship now, but it's just such a huge need, you know, to, to end up to be good, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that there's a lot of leniency in where you hear the word mentorship used. And I think maybe that's why it's such a like a buzzword is that you can apply it to so many scenarios where it's almost helping you to fill in your weak points in a way. Where like, okay, maybe someone's a little bit more book smart than someone else, or maybe someone's a little bit more like quote unquote street smart, but you're able to like with that mentorship, kind of find your weak point and fill it so that you can stand out from the crowd and fill in the intangibles and like have those good outcomes. But we just don't always have that. And I think in PT school, you can only handle so much at once where you're yeah. like, I just yeah. need to know the muscles of the rotator cuff. Yeah. <laughs> where well, you, gotta, you gotta establish that foundation, right? Yeah. Like you, you can't, you know, you can't ask too many, you know, we've all had the first, the first day student and yeah. they're, Eyes start to widen at any, you know, I haven't looked at the toe, the feet in forever. I don't know any, I don't even know what a, a, a hallux is, you know, that kind of don't, don't you dare ask me one more question. And so, you know, you're kind of at a, you need to get a nice solid base, a nice solid foundation. And that's what PT school's for. I get, get a little bit, you know, my fellow educators will get a little bit mad at me when I say that, you know, PT school is really, we, we graduate generalists, right? Like 
me and my wife, my wife is a PT, but she does pediatrics. We have the same degree, the same license, and we have zero overlapping, not zero, but almost zero overlapping skills, right? right? Like it's completely different environment. So where did I learn all that other stuff? Well, it was (laughs) <laughs> in mentorship. It was out in the world doing, it wasn't in PT school. Not to say that PT school didn't give me a great foundation for that, right. but it, that's just what it was. It was a foundation, not, not, you know, everything else on top of it. So. Yeah. Well, and building off that too, I think PT school is something that is very concrete and planned ahead of time, but mentorship is like a whole nother world where you can get mentorship in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You, Sean, where did you find your mentors? Well, so ironically enough, you know, my mentor, Nikki was my first, I mean, obviously I've had, you know, maybe it's worth going back a little bit further, but Mm -hmm. she was my first real big PT mentor. But, you know, I remember the first mentor I ever had, I didn't even know who was a mentor. Yeah. And a lot of times our parents are good mentors, you know, some are maybe good, some are maybe bad, but those are usually our first mentors. But my first boss in college, um, really took a lot of time to like sit down with us and talk about our goals. And we had meetings and I, you know, at the time I was 20 years old. I was like, this is dumb. (laughs) This is a waste of time. And then looking back at it in grad school, I I realized like what he was doing. I was like, okay, he was really trying to help me get a vision of where, where I was going. Right. And that's mentorship. So I was being mentored and I had no idea what was happening. (laughs) Uh, But my first like real professional mentor, you know, Nikki came into the clinic uh, or into the, one of the lecture halls, she was doing um, a guest lecture for at TWU. And I heard her speaking and I heard what she was saying and what she was doing. And I just remember being like, oh my God, I need to do, I need to be like her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so I literally just went up to her and just talked to her. And I was like, hey, you know, uh, I really liked what you were saying and I want to learn more about it. Can we set up some time to talk? And it's funny because really at the time for me, this, I don't, I don't think I really even understood the concept of mentorship. Really. I definitely wasn't seeking it out. Like I wasn't, I'm not now I'm actively like always looking for that kind of stuff. But back then I was not, I was just kind of coasting. And so it was just weird for me to like, as soon as I saw her though, I was like, okay, I need to talk to her. I need to be like her. And then I just followed her literally did my internship with her, followed her internship. I told her in my internship, I want to learn more from you. So tell me what I need to do. And that's how I applied the residence. I ended up applying, I think you probably know this, but yeah, yeah. I ended up applying to both the residency, uh, the orthopedics and the sports residency at Memorial Herman. And I just told her, I was like, I don't care which one I do. I just want to be mentoring with you. So you tell me which, <laughs> so she picked orthopedics for me. I, I, I interviewed at both and everything back to back weeks. And then she just picked for me. So, um, <laughs> so all that to say, that was a long, a long roundabout story, surprising, absolutely nobody, but all that to say, <laughs> Really what it comes down is, is you want to find someone, a target to shoot for, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you look for in a mentor is someone that's doing what you want to do in the way that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's, it's like, it's so simple when you think about it is you want, you need something to aim at, right? If you don't know what you're aiming at, if you don't have a reference point, it's really hard to get where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that's a hard thing to know without visualizing it and physically seeing it. Mm-hmm. So what I would tell people is when you see it, when you see someone doing things the way that you want them to be done in a way that you want to do it, go like, there's your target, you know, go, yeah. go talk to them. How do I kind of make this happen? So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Cause if someone like, you can't just go up to somebody who like, oh yeah, they seem to be successful. But if that, if they're good at a field that you either 
are not interested in, or like you just don't see yourself in what's mm-hmm. the point of learning their skills. Cause their skills are catered to a certain subset and mm-hmm. it, you, you can learn those skills, but you're learning the skills that fill that role. And if you don't want that role, then what's the point? Yeah. I think there's a, you know, there's a place for learning from everyone. You can learn something from everyone. Right. So even if there's someone that's, you know, there's a lot of people that I looked up to in a business standpoint where I can learn a lot from them about business. I don't necessarily want to do what they're doing, Mm -hmm. but I can still learn from them. But when it comes to like finding a main mentor, like someone that you really want to emulate, Mm -hmm. yeah, you want to pick someone that's almost doing it exactly like you envision it. Right. Cause then that's just a better emulation. So I don't want to say that you have to have that perfect match or you can't learn anything from them, you know, because that's not true. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're about to dedicate, you know, like for me, I was like, well, if I'm going to dedicate the next five years of my life, I want to make sure I'm aiming at something good, (laughs) not in the trash can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it's a really valuable point too, because I think mentorship, that relationship of mentorship could be anywhere from like five years, like you're saying, or like five minutes where you're like, they're good at that skill. I need that skill, but I don't need their life. And you're able to formulate that into something that caters to your own natural talents or your goals for yourself as well. So I think it's definitely, there's like primary mentors and then there's like a lot of sub facets of mentors that you can look to just depending on what your goals are. Absolutely. You know, we, we go through life in seasons, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a time for kind of grinding it out and there's a time for this and there's a time for that. And, you know, as you go through different phases of your life, there will be different mentors that will come and go and re-enter and leave and all of those things. And so it's just kind of being um, aware that that's necessary. I don't know what it is like growing up as a kid, you, they're always, who, who do you want to be when you grow up? Like, let's pick a role model, right? You, you talk about, we talk about athletes being role models and right. professionals being role models. And then all of a sudden when you're an adult, it's like, okay, no one ever, you never hear someone say like, hey, hey, who, Casey, who do you want to be in 10 years? Right? <laughs> You don't right. hear that. No. I don't understand why it's like all of a sudden, like, are we too good for, for learning and mentoring as an yeah. adult now? Is that what it is? Like, we yeah. don't talk about it as much, but, but really, you know, arguably, you know, your twenties and your thirties are probably the most formidable years for your career. And those are when you need mentorship, you know, probably the most. Um, and hopefully you continue the mentorship, uh, after that point too, yeah. continue learning, but, but, you know, by some point, you know, you should be thinking about retirement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or quality of life. You plan ahead, you know, uh-huh. it is a very active profession. So <laughs> no, but I think you brought up a really valuable point earlier on how you approach Nikki and forming that relationship and like how you, you took ownership and went up to her, talked to her, but you didn't wait for her to come to you or you actually made it happen. So can you speak more on like that? And then also like, if you've had people approach you in the past, I'm like, Hey, I want you to be my mentor. Like what does a healthy relationship look like that for, let's say from the viewpoint of someone who is a mentee looking for a good mentor? Yeah. So, I mean, I think to, to answer your, the first part of that question, are there going to be mentors that just get like thrust into your life? Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Like there's been some, like I said, I didn't even know that was happening and I just got gifted that. But there's a lot of other things that the opportunity, there's so much opportunity and, you know, there's probably a good chance if I hadn't gone up and talked to her that we would have bumped paths at some point and maybe would have worked out, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't taking that chance. You know what I mean? Like I saw her and what she was saying and how she was doing things. And, you know, it was, it just resonated with me. And, 
I was like, I'm not good. That was enough of a, that was enough of an introduction. Like I don't need any more opportunity. Like she's right there in front of me. I'm going to yeah. go talk to her. Um, and you know, luckily it's Nikki who's like, and that's, you know, she's like the best person in the whole yeah. world. So obviously <laughs> that conversation went really well. I just said, Hey, you know, I love the things that you were saying. I think it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. All the stuff you were talking about, the way that you're doing it, I would, how do I learn about this? And then we just, we literally just had a conversation kind of like we're doing now. Like yeah. she asked me what I was interested in and what I was passionate about. And then we just, you know, I literally told her then I said, Hey, you know, I, what she asked me what my goals were. I was like, well, I want to be just like you in five years is what I want. <laughs> and so it was funny because five years, like to the day I texted her, I was like, well, Hey, she's I, who, those who don't know Nikki, uh-huh. she is five feet tall, <laughs> small black woman. And I am like a six foot tall, uh, white man. And so we don't look anything alike at all. So I texted her, I was like, well, I haven't changed into a five foot black woman yet, but you know, I did as best I could. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, so yeah. So I think, I think, you know, there's something to be said about taking initiative with those kind of things. If you see something you want and something that you think is beneficial, I mean, don't wait around for it to be gifted to you. Yes. Those gifts are going to happen. Those are blessings, but sometimes you just got to go after it um, and just be kind of aggressive in that way. And, and, um, and just be respectful of their time. Really most importantly, as I told her, I was like, I know you're busy you know, I'll meet on, you tell me what works and I'll meet with you. Right. So that being said to people that have approached me kind of what I, I I'm, as you know, Casey, like mm-hmm. what the whole thing that I'm most passionate about when it comes to mentorship and residency is I want, if I can have the effect that Nikki had on one person in my career, it'll be a win. Right. Because I know how much she's changed my trajectory. So if I can do that with one person, total win. So for me, I'm an open book. Like if anyone, I mean, I can't tell you how many text messages I get every week about different cases and things like that. And I just, I, you know, I, it's, I love it. It's good that it keeps me thinking and I, I love providing like help and feedback. Mm-hmm. So really what where I kind of draw the line is, is the same kind of way I'm looking for people that are willing to put in the work. So, and so Casey, you are like a perfect example of that. So for those that don't know, Casey, we, she was one of our residents and, um, but she was never at, the same site as where I was mentoring at. And so we had, we had mentored some right throughout the residency, um, but not as, as much clinically. And so for like, what, a six month period, you were coming like every week, basically she would drive down after she would work, she would drive down to Memorial city and hang out with me for two or three hours just on her own. So those kind of people, like people that do that, I mean, I'll give you everything that I have got to give. Right. So people that take they're, they're, I can see that they're, use, they're, they're, they're taking the initiative, you know, I'll, I'll give them everything that I possibly can. And so honestly, what I, I get approached all the time, asking questions about mentorship, they want to come mentor, they want to come this and they want to come that. And what's hilarious, and maybe it's not hilarious, maybe a better word would be like kind of a little bit sad and disappointing is I always say yes, absolutely. You're welcome. Anytime. Here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I would say less than 10% of the people show up. Ooh. Right. So that's the thing is it's just by simply being willing Mm -hmm. to take the extra effort and the initiative and show up, just showing up, you're in the top 10%. Just from that. Yeah. And that's what people don't, people ask me all the time, even just getting into PT school. How do I, you know, what can I do to help make myself look better for PT school? What can I make myself look better for residency? Mm -hmm. And it's reality is like, literally, (laughs) if you come and you show up and you ask questions, That's in the top percent, 10%. Oh my goodness. Um, So that's what's, you know, you would think that, you know, with everybody asking and to come and 
you know, oh, it'd be so busy and crazy. And there are times where, yeah, there is a lot of people or a lot of emails or a lot of text messages, but the most part it's, you know, a lot of, can I do this? And can we set it up? And I say, yes. And then it doesn't happen. It never happens. Yeah. That's crazy to me, but like the thing is, I'm not surprised by that. And I think a lot of times there's a mindset to where the act of asking the question is viewed as the action. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ask Sean if I can mentor with him and Uh follow him around. And then, and then you're like, yes. And they're like, oh wait, but I already did my action. And like, Mm -hmm. now he thinks I'm so cool because I'm thinking about (laughs) this. And then it's like, wait, but you didn't actually do the action that you were talking about. And Mm -hmm. so, and I see that a lot. It's like, you can't just go and ask the question for the sake of asking question. Be like, look at me. I ha- I ask questions. I have thoughts. It's like, can you put in the work and follow through? Yeah. I think that's crazy. It's just like that difference between like, how do you define action, like taking action and are the actions that you're taking actually going to propel you forward in your career? Or are you just like, you're just going to fade into the background, like in the email inbox? So- yep. Yeah. I mean, it's like that same kind of thing where they say, like, if you tell someone you're on a diet or you're trying to lose weight, you're like 40% more likely to quit or something like that. But just yeah. because you trick your brain gets, it's like, it's, it's a part of the reason why I'm not to say that making lists are bad. Like mm-hmm. I don't want, I'm sure that if people find out that I said making lists are bad, I'll get like a bunch of hate mail or something. <laughs> yeah. But part of it is psychologically when you make the list, you're like, Oh, okay. I did. I did something. Yeah. Right. It's the same kind of thing. Like, well, if I initiate the conversation, you know, that's something maybe they'll say no, and then I can blame it on everyone's looking for an excuse, yeah. right. Of doing the hard work. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, probably part of it. Um, and the reality too, is that, you know, if, especially if this is going to be something you do extra, right. You're already working, you're already whatever. And it's extra. Right. It's really hard. We all know life gets busy and that off day quickly turns into five errands. And next thing you know, it's like, you never had an off day. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's tough. I don't get me wrong. Like, it's hard to make time for those things when you already have other commitments. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, I say yes to everyone almost and it's a much smaller percentage for people that actually show up and, and um, you know, participate. So. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think like I make to-do lists just to make sure my head's screwed on straight. Yeah. I've got like a to-do well, list for work. Okay. Wait, wait, do you see, you know, the, the people listening, <laughs> see this, but look above my head. Yeah. <laughs> to do today, I have a, a blackboard above. Yeah. My head. yeah, but the, what I, the funny thing is, I wrote that like three months ago. So yeah, <laughs> did you act? There, there we go. Exactly. No, I think yeah, I think a lot of it is just like so much to do with your mindset as well. Because I'll do this sometimes where I'll make a to do list and then I'm like. I'm feeling really good about this, but nothing I can cross off. So I'm going to add something I've already done. Like, oh, I brushed my teeth. All right, check it off. Check. <laughs> but wake up and be awesome. Done. Yeah. And I think like for me, that's like that mindset of mass productivity where I'm like super task oriented versus like mm-hmm. if I'm like, okay, I have this deadline coming up and I know I need to get it done. This is just to make sure I don't forget about it. And I'm just going to like, hack away at it until it's done. But I'm in a totally different mindset then to where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm focused on the end product. And I think that that can also carry over into mentorship too, where people are like, you know, when you're in PT school, especially you're surrounded by what 50 other people and they're all doing their own thing. Or like even in residency, like you're all put together and you're all at a a certain high level to where you got there in the first place. 
but everybody's got their own unique talents and stuff and, or like just goals in general. And you can easily get caught up into, oh, I want to, I don't know, I'm going to be the next pro shoulder person. Like, but I like Casey don't really have an interest in that, but like, I'm like looking at everybody else. I'm like, well, they're doing cool things. I want to do cool things too. And so like, <laughs> you almost lose sight of that vision of where you want yourself. And I think that's where having those key mentors can be really helpful to be able to keep you on track and be like, no, why would you do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a hard thing because the other part of it too, is that a lot of, you know, nowadays, I don't want to be one of those guys. It's like the, the old people yelling at kids on their lawn. Like, nowadays, these kids are, you know, <laughs> yeah. but where do we, what are we looking at to gauge where we want to be? And a lot of it is on Instagram and other things like, Oh, I want to be like that guy gets to work with athletes or that guy, that girl gets right. to do this. And that's what I want to do. But reality is we don't really know anything about what they're doing mm-hmm. at all. We don't know how they're treating really. We're seeing, you know, the highlights of uh, like, as they say, and we've all been on those family trips where everyone's miserable and you yeah. smile for the picture, right? Yeah, we know, <laughs> we know it's not so really fun. like that all the time. Yeah. Oh, we're yeah. having a great time. <laughs> so I think what we need really is some real world tangible mentors that we know well, right? Like I know the way that you treat Casey. I know that it's good. I know how you interact with patients because I've physically seen it and I like that. Therefore I want to emulate that. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the thing that we need. Um, and the really the only way that that, you know, some like, again, in residency it's forced. Right. And it's so funny because as a student, as a resident, there's always anxiety about, oh, the mentor, they're coming, they're watching me, I'm anxious. <laughs> and really, we should be just so thankful that we have the opportunity to have somebody give us feedback on how we're treating, because mm-hmm. how often does that happen in the after, right? Like, yeah. is there something, like, no. it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's- so it's so easy to fall into bad habits and, and to not have your own reasoning tested, right? You live in this silo within your own head and you're, uh, everything I'm doing is fantastic because I'm the only person that's telling, yeah. you know, and it, you need that external information to say, hey, you know what, Sean, that really, that was kind of lazy or, you know, whatever. That's why I like having students too, because, and I tell my students like, hey, look, these are the expectations that I have for myself. If you see me not doing that, or if you see something, whatever, call me out, like, you know, mm-hmm. let me know because it helps keep me accountable and make sure that as I age, <laughs> I don't get lazy or, you know, pick up bad habits along the way. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally second that. And like how many residents come out of residency and they're like, where's my feedback? Cause you're like, you're so used to it. And you get kind of <laughs> with it where you're like, was that good? And people are like, I, I wasn't looking at you. <laughs> like, uh, sure. The patient looked fine. <laughs> and then you text the other mentors and you're like, can I come follow you around like a puppy dog? Like I need, I need more mentorship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Yeah. Um, but no, with students too, I, I think that there's something to be said about almost like a reverse mentorship role where you may be the expert in that situation, but they're coming with a fresh mind to where you're held to a standard. And then you, you as the expert know what you should be doing and you're trying to like look at yourself through their point of views. So I think there's something definitely valuable to be able to like teach someone. 100%. And on top of that, You'll re- they have, if you have a, uh, my first student was great. Um, and she asked so many questions and it, it was so good because she would ask a question and I would tell her an answer and mm-hmm. she would ask follow-up and I'm like, you know what? I don't really know why. She, yeah. I'll never forget one time I was, I was thinking I was doing like a mobilization on the shoulder or something. And she was like, Oh, so Sean, this last patient, you did this 
And then this patient, you did this type of mob. Why'd you do that? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Something my brain said to do it, but I don't have a good answer for you. And that made me realize like, oh, you know, already, right. I'm all, at this time I was just finishing up residency. I wasn't even done yet. I was like, man, I'm already just kind of like picking up, I'm just doing things. Like I'm getting into patterns, like, which patterns are good. They help us be more efficient, but we want to make sure that these patterns are developed for the right reasons and not just because it's convenient or whatever. And that just starts with just, again, building a good foundation and, and having your clinical reasoning tested. And students can be, a, if you get a good student and by a good student, I just mean one that feels comfortable asking questions. Mm-hmm. It can be really helpful, which is why I tell all the residents now, I tell them when you, cause you know, they're always nervous when you get your first student, right? Cause they feel like, oh, how could I ever teach someone anything? I don't know anything myself. Yeah. And I always tell them like, look, sit down with them at the beginning of the rotation and just tell them, you know, I would really appreciate I'm, I'm very open to feedback. I'm very open to questions. Mm-hmm. I want you to feel comfortable asking questions. And if you don't feel comfortable, let me know how I can help make you feel comfortable. Because if there, there's already so many barriers up, that's, that's another, we should probably talk about that at some point, Yeah. Um, but yeah. the barriers to mentorship because, and, and to feedback, there's so many of yes. them. And the result is that everyone is so afraid to give feedback mm-hmm. because of the way it's perceived or the only people that are giving feedback are doing it in such an abrasive way that it just puts everyone off. So it's, it's one of the very few people can give feedback in a way that is well-received mm-hmm. and in a way where the other person actually integrates and thinks about the feedback, right? And there we have it for part one. So guess what we talk about in the second one? Barriers to mentorship. You will not want to miss this because we're going to be talking about the common barriers from a mentee standpoint and a mentor and some strategies for how to overcome that. So stay tuned. It'll be dropping in the next couple of days. And in the meantime, if you did find this useful, write a review for wherever you're listening to this or reach out to me at PT Snacks Podcast on Instagram or or PT Snacks Podcast at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. So please reach out. The goal of this, again, is to be helpful, but also to be concise and for you to be able to incorporate it in your practice. So if you have any topics that you want me to go over, I am all ears. But other than that, I hope that you found this helpful. And until next time.